for better drums have gotten more um minimal like less there's just i don't know like you like back then you'd, you'd be trying to come up with these patterns that were just kind of crazy and like a lot like just too many drums <laughs> like just like like snares going like kek, 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 kek. and like you know just you're just uh you're kind of following a weird like i was following like these i was between super underground rap like like stuff lp was doing and then i was also listening to like kind of the early double time drums of like the south were using and i was kind of like between those two things and then there's boom bap in the middle which was also obviously a huge influence on me so like i was trying to walk a line and and i you know at that age i and and point in my career i don't really think i i hadn't really become my own artist yet you know the fly fidelity podcast is, is the solution it's the best check it out you want to get super flat flat details just ahead do you love credible content but 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 hate how long you have to wait and who wants super thick and frothy dumpster juice with rat corpses in it there's a better way fly fidelity fly fidelity fly fidelity fly fidelity fly 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 fidelity fidelity fly fidelity podcast fly fidelity baby fidelity baby fidelity with your host luke bailey thank you Ah, 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 ah. All right, you ready? Welcome to the program. This week, we're joined by Blockhead for a conversation about his latest release on Backwards, The Yorks. We'll also be talking about his upcoming instrumental album, Working with Billy Woods, his approach to sampling, and so much more on this week's episode. Time short, I never took time off. Money's long, it's a heap of shit I never bought. I sleep on the floor, I'm the best, but really no better than y'all. Everything you need to know about America is inside any 99 cent store. They was talking something about God's law. I was like, which God? We both reached for the machine, same time and time crawled. Put my faith in the I was wondering if you could take me through the origins of the Orcs and tell me about the space it sits within what would have been Let a Player Play 25 years ago and 2019's Free Sweatpants. What signal did you have that you were ready to make the Orcs? Um, it was not so much a signal as much as like getting all the pieces together and thinking it could actually be done. Because like with Free Sweatpants, I learned the lesson that it's hard to wrangle rappers. And like, uh, and that was kind of done on my own with a little help from Woods. And this time around, Woods was like, well, what if I executive produce the album and I help you get these rappers and uh, and we can kind of put this album together. And it made it a million times easier because it wasn't me chasing people down for verses. It, you know, with Woods, I think it's a different relationship because he's peers with a lot of these people and uh, who I may or may not know to, to varying levels, you know? And uh, and it, it definitely helped because, you know, they... They work with Woods. They want to. They want to do right by Woods, and then, uh, and uh, I think that really helped a great deal with this album. So, what kind of timeline do you start thinking about plotting a creative sequence and 
establishing which artists you want to work with and which artists appear, etc. Do you remember thinking about anybody specifically when you were originally making these beats? Uh, I mean, the beats were made. Like, I don't, I don't really make beats with anything in mind, really. Like, I just kind of make beats and whatever happens, happens. And then, like, when it's time to do a project, I, I send people beats, you know? And, like, uh, and, and in this case, I was sending, like, specific packs to uh, specific people. But uh, I never sat down being like, oh, this is going to be the, uh, you know, Ugly Frank beat, you know? Like, I never, I didn't ever uh, approach it like that. Um, but, uh with, with with planning about who we were going to get on it was really just like i sat with woods and we kind of brainstormed who the the obvious ones were like the you know woods asop uh any i mean anyone in my circle of 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 uh of artists that i've worked with in the past like open mike eagles a guy uh uh you know uh quelly chris who i had not worked with but like i i had met and so we had some sort of relationship stuff like that and all the and all the backwoods guys obviously but then the, you know then there's the people slightly outside my reach and we kind of made a list of like uh, of different people who would woods would ask and who i would ask and then i kind of had to go after a couple strangers uh and then you know and then the, then there's the wish list of people who just like did or did not make the record like danny brown was a wish list guy uh he made it makami was a wish list guy he did not make it you know <laughs> so so it's uh it, it was varying uh degrees of like what can we realistically pull off here and for the most part like you know there's maybe like two or three artists that like i thought were attainable that i just couldn't get on the on it for whatever reason and then there's a couple artists that were just like just out of my pay grade you know (laughs) you couldn't get uh like uh like zach fox and makami were the two that i because i've met i've met i've met makami before uh zach fox and i had been texting at one point so I was like, oh, and he he'd agreed to do it, but then his I think his life got very busy, and uh, and that was just that, you know, like he's like, oh shit, I'm on a a, a syndicated TV show now, <laughs> so so my you know I I it just I think it just became kind of like it just it was no longer a priority for him, uh, and then you know there's then there's people like uh you know like like Boldy James or Mick Jenkins or Earl who like I just don't didn't have any way of getting them on it realistically you know like there's people that i would have loved them to be on it but outside of paying them exorbitant amounts of money it was not going to happen you know absolutely next time next time hopefully yeah hopefully maybe the cachet from this one will invite will make them more likely to want to do it next time absolutely now you mentioned woods who like you say he ends up becoming this glue and this bridge to a lot of these parents coming to fruition who were some of his choices personally and what kind of dialogue were you both having with each other in terms of these ideas for the songs? Uh, well, he, he knew Navy blue. Like I, I would have, I would like Navy blue, a Kai solo. Um, uh, who were the other ones that he, um, hmm, it's going blank right now, but he, he had a, you know, he had relationships with people. and was like, well, this guy'd be good. And this guy'd be good. And, uh, and, uh, but the, the rest are, you know, like, 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 like Shrapnel and, and Fatboy Sharif right. were very like, you know, they're guys I know and like I work with, you know, and uh, 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 Creechnomics was was uh, was Woods's idea. And that came out of totally le- out of left field because that's a dude I've known forever. And I never even like it never dawned on me to even ask him. And then he's like, what if him and Sharif did a song together? I was like, yeah, that'd be great. Uh 
But then this guy's like, you know, like Bruiser Wolf is like, I went after Bruiser Wolf. I, I hit him up, but then Woods kind of did the follow up and helped me lock that down. Uh, Breezy Bruin is an old friend of mine. So that wasn't hard. Uh, Despot, I've known since the beginning of his career. Uh, still, that was difficult because he's Despot. <laughs> uh, but he did it. He did it. Thank God. And, um, and like, and then there's the guys like Brian Ennels and Ugly Frank, who are dudes that I am listening to, who I think are kind of more, un, they're lesser known, but like mm. equally awesome rappers. So I, I wanted to get those guys on it just to kind of shine some light on those guys. Let's talk about Despot. What can you tell me about the curation and creation of now that's what I call a posse cut volume 56, which features Despot, features Bruiser Wolf and features Billy Woods and Danny Brown? Um, that was going to always be the plan. The, the plan was a posse cut. We didn't know who was going to be on it. it. Originally, Zach Fox was supposed to be on it. That didn't work out. Bruiser Wolf was always going to be on it. Uh, Danny Brown just, it, he came through in like the 25th hour with a verse. And I was shocked that it happened. Cause I, I don't know him personally. Like I've, you know, I've texted with him and we've interacted for years and years, but like he, he owed me nothing. And, and it was just amazing that he got on it. Uh, and I think, and Woods was like, well, you need another guy, so I'll be on it. I was like, go ahead. And Despot, it was he was always going to be on it if he would if he was going to do his verse. And the question was, will he do his verse? And he did. Uh, so that it just kind of I wanted like a very wide array of rappers who all sound nothing alike sure. on a track. And uh, and I thought it would be I just thought it'd be cool to have a, you know, I come from the posse cut era of uh of hip hop when like it wasn't all um like celebrities rapping together it was like people would uh it'd be the, them and their boys you know like like in the in the early 90s like most albums had a posse cut which yep. was like the main rapper and like five of his friends and maybe one of them was like good <laughs> and uh and i and i love i always love those songs and this song is obviously different because it is four dudes who are established and great at what they do but i'd like the randomness of it outside of the bruiser wolf uh Danny Brown connections, obviously, but like it, I, I, I just, you know, if I could, I would have made it a, a 12 person song, you know? <laughs> well, one of the things that strikes me about Bruiser Wealth is hearing how receptive he seems to be in service of approaching production as an instrument in a way that he sinks into this composition. He's even got a song called I'm an Instrument. Yeah. What is it about Wolf in his style that works for you as a fan and a producer? Oh, I mean, I just, he, I, I loved him the second I heard him. Like it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty washed and I, I, I try to stay, stay uh, current, but like, I'm not that engaged with what I hear often. Like most things I'm like, oh, that's good, but I don't care really. And then every now and then an artist will come along and I'm like, who's that? And Bruiser Wolf was one of those guys. Cause he reminds me of kind of a, a slowed down sugar free or something like that. And he and he's he's just so funny and clever and his and his style is like really unlike anything else. Uh and uh it's just he's just funny and has a and, and I just appreciate the originality of everything he brings to the table. Uh and he was a guy that I was like very, very excited to get on the album, which is why he got a solo why that's why he had two verses, because I wanted a solo track and I wanted a, and I wanted him on this posse cut too. Vegas with Bonds, drinking Bonds, Jaeger. Been running games since the Genesis. Sega. Uh, we doing rounds, Ali, Frazier. She from Decatur, work at State Farm like a good neighbor. Yeah. She bad, I ain't talking about behavior. No. I got her to laugh, now I think the odds is in my favor. Uh, 
I'm a hustler by nature. I don't play the game with my hands. I take the scissors, cut rock, and make paper. Um, I mean, like, it depends, because some artists you tell, hey, do this, and, and in a week you have a verse, and then others, you, like, months pass, and you're like, well, where's that verse? And you got to kind of bother them, which is also wh where Woods came in healthy, because, I mean, helpful, because uh, he he's a guy who has, you know, personal relationships, so he could li literally just text someone and be like, hey, don't forget that verse, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, my bad, as opposed to me, maybe someone they're not as familiar with, kind of like, you know, bothering them about it. For the most part, uh, I did two different, I changed the beats on two, two of the songs, but for the most part, you know, they just sent the verses and I kind of put it together and I sequence it and, and turn it into a song, uh, from the loose verses. But like, uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm very, when it comes to rappers, I, I'm very much like, I trust your, your process. Sure. I'm not going to ask you to change anything. Uh, I mean, unless someone said like a line that might be. Uh, wildly offensive to some people or something. you know if, if something like that then maybe i would step in a little bit but it didn't really happen so didn't happen has that, that ever happened not to me nah no but i've, I've seen it happen to other producers so i i know that like that is that it, it exists you know uh or or with rappers who work with other rappers on songs and they'll be like hey that line is kind of uh you can't really say that yeah. uh, but uh but uh it not with me it hasn't really been a problem but um yeah and i just kind of like i basically was just like waiting on verses and when i got them i got to like really step back and look at the song and, and be like all right how am i going to construct this song and uh and it, it's that's the fun part you know is getting to yeah. like turn something that's kind of basic into something more ornate like the like the the bruiser wolf song poppy seeds like i really wanted to turn it into this like kind of like this it's kind of a funny it's funny he's funny he's always funny and it's like a love song but then the verse starts you're like oh this isn't about love at all <laughs> but i wanted to make it like this very like kind of almost pretty uh like it sounds almost like royal in in uh in, in, in yeah. way so uh so it kind of almost adds to the humor of it when he starts rapping because he's rapping over this very pretty beat and then all of a sudden you know he's just <laughs> He's saying all sorts of Bruce Wolf shit, which is which I love. What are those got you tracks? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when he sent me the vocals, I was like, wait, did he make a love song for me? And I was really confused. And then, like, you know, as the chorus goes, you're like, okay, well, that's interesting. And then by the time you get to the verse, you're like, oh, okay, I see. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I was, and it was one of those things I was like, oh, that's awesome. I'm gonna enjoy like you know, crafting this song. Uh one the the original B he rapped over. I just uh, I was working with it and I was like, it just didn't work. It like it, like for me like it, the beat was kind of boring. Um, it didn't have a lot of elements. It didn't really it it would that song would have been so much more. It wouldn't have made sense really on that other beat. Uh, and the other one was hater porn. Uh, with a uh, breeze and casual, and I just uh the beat they chose was cool, but I I think a. Uh, I like I lost some of the instruments somehow and I couldn't find them. So uh and I also like I it was a really old beat of mine and I was like I'd rather do it use a newer beat on this. Uh and it and I changed it up a good deal. I mean like the drums are completely different. I'm I'm just lucky that they the flow worked as well as it did on the new drums. I mean obviously I wouldn't have done it if it if it didn't. But uh it was a drastically different beat. Like it was like a more boom bappy kind of beat initially. And this one I was like let me do let me do kind of like a, like a two-step. I don't even know what that, what, what right. you just said. 
beat is. But uh, yeah, it's something different, you know. Do many of these beats predate free sweatpants? Um, let me think. Um, a couple, maybe. I, I would say that the Quelle Chris beat does. Um, that might be the only one. Now that I think about it. I didn't. I didn't use a lot of older beats. Uh, but the Quelle Chris beat was one I'd been sitting on for a while that I was like kind of waiting for a rapper to use. So when he picked it, I was like, nice. I was I was excited because you know I have a lot of old beats. I'm like I wish a rapper would use these, you know, because I'm not going to use them for instrumental projects. So, and they're good, <laughs> so I want someone Absolutely. to use. Them. Did uh, that surprise but, you? Uh, the, does what surprise me? Did the fact that he chose that beat surprise you? Out of the folder that you um, sent? I had he was actually a guy that I really was had no clue what he was going to pick because he he raps over so many different types of beats, uh, and he raps so differently over so many different types of beats that. I was I kind of went in there being like it could be anything. I was I was a little surprised. Right. I was like, oh, he picked he picked this kind of like dark uh, boom bap, kind of boom bap. I don't know. Uh, and then he kind of and he came with like he just rapped like he was very straight. It was straightforward rapping, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like it's very, mm. uh, it's not what I would was expecting from. Him. Mm. And uh, same, yeah. And but I loved it. I was super excited about when I got his verse. I was just like, oh, like I was like you know bouncing around the house with excitement, you know? And those visuals just elevate the song completely. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Let's talk about your passion and process with sampling, which has, of course, been a major area of focus over the course of your career. How do you approach oh, yeah. it? How do you how do you start to find something, and at which point does it click as something you could use for a sample? Um, I almost feel like it's it's beyond... At this point in my career, I've been doing it for so long that, like, it's very intuitive for me. Like, I'll just hear something and be like, yep, that's in. Yep, that's in. It's it, for me nowadays, it's like, it's like, can I build off this? Like, every, I mean, every now and then you, you find a sample that's like just too perfect. And you're just like, oh, I'm going to, you know, that's, that's the sample. And like everything else, it doesn't really matter as much. But for the most part, like, I'm like, I'm like, all right, I want to find a sample that, that starts here and like, uh, and something that is uh, not boring to hear repetitively uh or at least captures a mood when played repetitively and then something that i can also apply layers to because i don't i never just make a loop and drums i i have you know every beat i make has has multiple layers and changes and i try to always have like a bridge in there you know i, I just try to kind of keep it interesting as, as best i can so like you know i'll just be going through my samples and and something will perk out to me and I'll be like, all right, I, I can start. It's a good starting point and just build off that. And sometimes I'll, I'll be on like the fourth sample. And then that fourth sample will be the one where I'm like, oh, now this is the main sample. This is like mm. the piece of it. Cause I, it, it just lands perfectly, you know? Would it be fair to say that you have an affinity for sampling flutes? It would, it would be fair. It would be very fair. <laughs> <laughs> I would say uh, I, I've always sampled flutes. I, I did an interview recently and I, I said the same thing, but uh, the, I think my beginnings with flutes was that uh, when I first was making beats, I was using an ASR 10. And uh, so I'm matching samples without time, uh, time stretching. Like it's very, it's really hard to get two samples from two different songs to work ry both rhythmically and, and tonally. And uh, with flutes and horns and like vo vocal samples, uh, it often gives you a little more space to breathe because they're not as tied into a, into like a one, two, three, four count. You know what I mean? Right. So like I would often use flutes as layers uh, 
and that's kind of where I got, and, and that was the, you know, that's, that's uh, my first album. That's the early Aesop albums. Um, and they're covered with flutes, but, uh, but that's because like that, they, they were just kind of a necessity for layering for me. And, uh, and as I've gotten different equipment and more, and you can do a lot more things, like I still like the sound of flutes, which is funny because flutes are kind of like a disrespected corny instrument to a lot of people, <laughs> but, but they, but they have a quality to them that I obviously like. Uh, you know, I like, I mean, any like woodwinds in general, like, you know, horns, flutes, uh, and anything in that realm, I, I generally do feel kind of drawn to. Now you talked about the different types of equipment you've used throughout the course of your career. Is there a specific moment where you credit yourself for, I guess, ascending to this place you're in right now? In terms of growth and progress, is there a specific moment in Sun where you feel like that was the moment that I pushed myself so much creatively? I'm happy with it. I mean, the the big change was when I stopped using the ASR or like I slowed down on the ASR 10 and moved to Ableton because that changed everything. Like the the capabilities of what I could do all of a sudden was just like, you know, quintupled, and uh, and it just kind of you know it was almost overwhelming. So I would say my album, the music scene, was that moment where where I kind of was using both samplers, but I was going off the ASR into into a uh, Ableton, and just kind of now I was taking beats that were made completely separately and blending them into one long song, and that kind of has solidified my sound since then, which is like you know I create like these like journey beats not the band journey but you know like <laughs> like the like these beats that start one one place and end somewhere completely differently and uh and that's kind of my that's my thing you know like that's what i do and i i mean i don't listen to enough um instrumental music to know if other people do that like i haven't heard it but i'm sure it exists because there's no way i'm the only person doing this <laughs> but like uh but like that's it's been my thing and uh and i think that that turning point was big just the 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 initial equipment change and to the point where I just stopped using the ASR like a couple of years later because it just didn't make sense. Save yourself, my first commandment. Overhanded, feeling banished. Sure. Feeling proceed, thought gather speech, out the mouth speak. I'm in the house, I'm out in the street. I'm about it, I weep. If I'm shouting or howling, I need a week, I need a month. It's never enough, a certain urgency. Words fail to keep the candle lit. I run with who I ran it with. The clash first planets, manic panic. Pull people past peace, give me ease, giving thanks, reaching back. Blessed be for my seed, for your seed, for our seed. Uh, spill it if you wanna. Say it cause I got it. I said it when I did it. Wrote a line, put it in your wallet Gangster, I knew I'd hold himself like Monster Cody Swallow my tongue, I wouldn't try it Betray my heart, there's something missing without Tell it true or shut my mouth There's something missing without Tell it true or shut my mouth Give thanks, we was there, we know what it was Give thanks When I make songs, I absolutely see a, a storyline And some more than others But, uh, and as I've gone, it's gotten more and more uh, pronounced I think like I've like I'm, I'm working on a new album right now that is like there's legit like storylines within the songs based around the the vocal samples and and all this kind of stuff so like that is something I definitely do um 
it's something that like, I mean, but I'm not, I'm not getting these like particular visions, but I'm like, I see there's a plot line here. Right. There, it, 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 it is, you know, there's a story to be told now, whether people pick that apart or not, I don't really know. I almost kind of don't think they do because it's instrumental music and they're just listening to it, chilling, you know, painting, doing their homework, smoking weed, like, you know, whatever people do when they listen to instrumental music. So like, I, it's really, it's, it's almost for me <laughs> more than anyone. Uh, but I mean, it's, if anyone does, it's cool. I, I like, I like the idea that a person could kind of dig into it and, and cat, catch those, those storylines. So what would have been the first time that you became aware of music evoking imagery for you? And how has that sort of developed over the course of your career? Can you speak to that? Um, I think the first time was probably on the music scene album and it was, uh, Oh, what's the name of that song? Uh, daily routine, which was, a uh, which, which was like this three part beat where I had samples from these, uh, a record of like drug addicts yelling at each other. And it kind of created this, this atmosphere of just like this very dark, uh, atmosphere of like abuse and it, and it just kind of sounds like 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 a, a day in the life of someone who is just in a very abusive relationship and then, you know in my mind it was like morning day night that's the three parts you know and uh and it was really the, the vocals are what put it pulled it together and it, and, it, and it definitely evokes feelings when you hear it because it is very it's hard to listen to like that the, the the record was of like you know drug addicts having screaming matches, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and I don't know what made me do that or why I chose that. Cause I, you know, I didn't, I'm not from a background of abuse really, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't grow up in that kind of world, but for, it was, to me, it was like, there was something cinematic about it and it made sense with the musical parts, you know? Yeah. You mentioned the word cinematic. Is there, are you one of those producers to watch his films as you're making beats? No, no, no. Uh, I no, I, I can't. I, I can only focus on one thing at a time. <laughs> at, at, be, at best, I can have uh, you know, like a basketball game in the background. But even that, I don't. You know, I, I, I generally, if I make beats, I'm, I'm focused in on just that. And but I also work like incredibly fast. And uh, I mean, it's also you know, I've been doing it for so long. It's like I, I'm pretty locked into my process at this point. So like you know, I will. I could knock out like a, you know, a beat with like seven layers in like an hour. <laughs> if if if. Wow. If I, you know, maybe an hour or two, you know, but like, it's, it's just, uh, so I can, you know, I can, I can turn the movie off for that long. <laughs> Well, I mean, Green is just an, an incredible engineer. And it, I mean, like the mixing of this album, this is probably the first album in a long time where I've had many, many people be like, this album sounded incredible. And I, I feel like, and I don't feel like any of my albums are mixed poorly by any stretch, but like people really seem to have locked in on what Green did on this album. And 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 I got to say that, I mean, there's some songs that he just turned from what could have been like a, you know, a, like a B plus to a, to an A, you know, like he really elevated it just with the mixing. Um, but as far as like framing vocals, that's just all kind of sequencing and song, uh, like organization of songs. And uh, that's kind of what I love to do. Like, you know, if I look at 
you know, I make these instrumental albums and they're, they're based entirely around sequencing. So if you give me vocals, that gives me something else to, to really work with. And then the vocals come become pretty much another instrument in it. Uh, but I also don't want to take attention off the vocals. I want to emphasize them with the, the music that's underneath them. So that's, that's my goal is just to kind of make everything kind of combined into one great whole thing. Were there any challenges that came up when these songs were being mixed that might not have been challenges on free sweatpants or, 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 or garbology? Uh, oh, uh, I mean, the RxK Nephew song was a disaster. Really? First. I mean, it was just recorded terribly. Like it was like screaming. He was peeking all over the place. And that's the one that like Willie Green deserves a Grammy for because Jesus Christ, like he he took like I like when I handed it to him, I was like, I was like, this is your career's work right here. If you can make this work. And he did. And and, and it took some, you know, it took some creative editing and, um, uh, you know, some cutting here and there. But like it was like now that's one of my favorite songs on the album. But like I remember like before I gave it to him, I couldn't even really listen to the rough mix of it because it was just so shitty you know like it just sounded wow. like the beat didn't the beat was too quiet the lyrics were too loud like he's screaming all over it uh and and but he but willie green made those screams work and uh and and really kind of figured out how to capture him within the track i would have never have known that here in the track yes yeah, so, well see that's the magic of willie green <laughs> magic of willie green yeah. how do you think the yorks has changed your blueprint to approaching collaborations and amplified your perspective as a producer um i feel like my blueprint doesn't really change of how i go about making music but like it definitely makes me want to do more of it you know like i mean my you know i make instrumental music often but but like my love is rapping and hip-hop like that's what i listen to i don't listen to any instrumental music i listen to only hip-hop and you know other genres that are not hip hop, <laughs> but like, uh, but like, it's, I'm a very rap centric person. So like, it, it just makes me want to do like one of these every couple of years now, whether I'll do it or not remains to be seen, but like, it is, it was a, this was a very satisfying project to do. It was also, you know, it took a long time to get it all together, but like once it was done, I could step kind of step back and be like, wow, I got all these guys on one, on one record and I, it, it worked out how I wanted it to work out. Like, I'm not, uh, I'm not like, I, I don't feel like I got shortchanged by anyone. Like no one mailed in their verses. Everyone, everyone delivered. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, I, it just makes me want to do it again. How long did it take? Uh, it's hard to say. Cause I mean, years, a year and a half, maybe just to, but it was just me waiting for verses, you know? yeah like once i got like if i got a verse i would sequence the song that day uh but then you got you know you got say if you got four guys on a song like uh like the posse cut like i'm kind of just sitting on it waiting for the last guy you know <laughs> um so it it you know it was a lot of hurry up and wait with that album right, uh, right. but i but i knew that just from from free from free, uh, free sweatpants i knew that would be the case because i got of it there um but you know, it's a, uh, eventually everyone got their, their stuff to me and it worked out. Do you have a favorite song on the album that's most significant to the space you're at creatively right now? Huh. Hmm. I mean, I have a, I mean, it's hard to say. Like, like there's, there's songs that I, like, I really love Poppy Seeds a lot just cause like, of I know what, what went into it and what it could have been and what it became are so different. 
I, I mean, as, as just a fan, AAU tournaments is probably my favorite song, just because um, I think both those guys delivered just these like incredible verses. Incredible. And and, uh, and I and I just like how it's sequenced, and I like uh, I just like the beat. I was like, I that was a beat I made that I was like, someone's gonna pick this. <laughs> I knew I didn't know who, but I was like, I knew I knew so I knew someone I was saying to would pick it. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, there's not one that's like, oh, this stands out for any like emotional reason. But, uh, mm. you know, but it, there's they're the ones that like I, I'm like, oh, I, I did something really cool on that. Or these guys really delivered on that. Like and I and I, and I actually really like the Ugly Frank and the Brian Ennell song kind of hold hold are kind of near to my heart because because uh, they're two guys that just like. That are just lesser known and and I think they both really delivered and I hope that their fan base grew because of it. What are your recollections of working with Brian Ennals for Sad's Vampire? Uh, well, Brian and I, we met, we hung out, uh, and we hit it off. And he, yeah, Brian's just a cool guy, and 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 uh, is one, you know, sent him the beat. He picked the beat. I was kind of surprised to pick that beat because I didn't know what he was gonna. I didn't know because you know none of my beats sound like Infinity Knives, so I was like, I, I wonder what direction he's gonna go. I was happy he picked kind of like a more upbeat beat and a. Because the beat, the, you know, for the most part, the album is very uh, slow and melancholy. Right. Uh, so, uh, or dark at, at, at the very least. Uh, yeah, and he, and he delivered. And, he, and the, 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 I think the thing that caught me the most off guard was how good the chorus was. Like, mm. I didn't, like, this is not a chorus heavy album because it's, you know, you're kind of putting artists together. But uh, he, he came with a, a, a hook, you know, and I was like, oh, a singing hook. Okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It was, and uh, Brian and I are working on a project uh, for the future too. We're doing me and oh, nice. we're, we're doing a, a something, an EP or an album or something together. Amazing, amazing. You talked about pivoting from using ASR to Ableton earlier. Mm -hmm. I'm curious as to how how do you reflect on the music you've produced with Aesop Rock pre Ableton, specifically Daylight, which is about to be released on vinyl for the first time next month. I try to be like level-headed about stuff like that because in you know every artist doesn't like their old shit you know like we're all i mean i'm i am beyond sick of of any early music that i've made uh and i was sick of daylight by the time it came out <laughs> you know so like <laughs> so you can only imagine what it's like you know 25 years or whatever how many years later uh i mean i i i get it i get the love of it 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 is a it's a moving song. It 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 captures something, um, very that that just hits you in a certain way. You know, I mean, it's, and that's attributed to Aesop and me. I think I think you know the, the combination of the beat and the lyrics really locked in with a, a lot of people. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's just like it, for me, it's hard not to look back at old stuff and just kind of like uh, you know, judge my my what I was doing back then. You know. It's kind of, it's a, it's the same reason I don't go to sleep and listen to music. Cause I can't stop taking it apart, you know? Yeah. So I, yeah, of course, you know what I mean? So like if I'm listening to daylight, I'm like, Oh, you know, like I'm like, and, and it's, and it's, and it's for, you know, for better or worse, I'll be like, Oh wow. Like, like that flute and that sample layer together incredibly well. And I, and I can't believe that that happened, but also those drums are terrible. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so it kind of, you know, it's 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 a you know a little love and hate <laughs> yeah what's your approach to drums today versus back then uh Has much changed 
I mean, I just have better sounds, I think. And mm -hmm. I, and back then, I think I was trying to do, it was a different era of drums. Like, I think for, for better, for better, drums have gotten more um, minimal, like less, there's just, I don't know, like you, like back then you'd, you'd be trying to come up with these patterns that were just kind of crazy and like a lot, like just too many drums, <laughs> like just like, like snares going like, kek, 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 kek. and like, you know, just, you're just, uh, you're kind of following a weird, like I was following like these, I was between super underground rap, like, like stuff LP was doing. And then I was also listening to like kind of the early double time drums of like the South were using. And I was kind of like between those two things. And then there's Boom Bap in the middle, which was also obviously a huge influence on me. So like I was trying to walk a line and and I, you know, at that age I, and and point in my career, I don't really think I, I hadn't really become my own artist yet. You know, I was still figuring it out. And I think now I have just it, everything I do is done with perspective. And, and uh, like, I know if I'm doing something and I'm referencing something, I know I'm doing it and I, and I'm doing it on purpose. Uh, it's not, Cause it's in the back of my head, you know, it's, it's, right. a, it's, it's up front. And I'm like, I'm going to make the drum sound like this. Cause I like how these sound, you know, like, like, Oh, I like the drums on, I don't know, whatever song. I can't even think of a song, but you know, just like a, it works like that sometimes. Like I want something to be reminiscent of that. Six floor walk up, work off the gut. Two steps at a time, apartment E9, without, without. They cooking dinner, garlic, onion, ginger, duck in the back room, settle up. The new shit wow, got me ready to bust a nut. Pardon, eat like I'm starving, small talk, the clock ticks. I got a split, got a gig, nah, it's nothing big, don't get up. See myself out, breathe in the doubt, sip fear from chalice. Push the ton with no malice, turn the corner like Kennedy. Having become such an integral part of Backwards as a brand and from very modest beginnings, what are your recollections of producing Dawa Candy for Billy Woods? Um, it was it was cool because I was kind of in an era where I was just trying to work with as many rappers as I could. And that was like around the time I was doing stuff with the Logic and Mark Speck. And uh and Woods kind of popped up and like much like Bruiser Wolf when I first heard him, where I was like, Whoa, what is this? I had a, an experience with Woods where, where I had a moment with him where I'm like, who is this? And I'd heard his name, but I didn't really know who he was. I kind of, I was writing off anyone who was in like a certain tier of underground rap at that point. I was like, oh, they're just like, like I just assumed anyone who worked with like this guy is like a deaf jokes flunky or something. You know what I mean? Like it was just me being like, ah, it's, there's too much music to listen to. I can't waste my time. But I, I, I you know, someone I whose taste I trust kind of put me on the woods and I was like whoa he's great uh and uh and so we got you know we we got together and uh I don't know it was, it was cool like woods is a very versatile guy when it comes to beat choices he's uh he's a quick worker he's a he's like a very thorough worker like he doesn't mail anything in um and we got along on a just a personal friendship level too which helps you know um absolutely but yeah you know it was just like it was really easy like we we're like we're gonna do an EP, and all of a sudden he's like, "Well, why don't we do an album?" I'm like, "Sure, yeah, why not?" Just like that. Yeah. What about known unknowns, which drops the same year as you producing "Captured a Sun" with Illogic? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that was just you know part two, you know, <laughs> part two. I, I think known unknowns is, is a stronger album all around than Dower Candy. I like Dower Candy a lot, but I think that uh, we kind of 
don't know. We it, it, we hit our stride with that one. I thought. Uh, same thing though. Like just Woods picking beats. I'm happy he's picking them because uh, those are the beats I want to hear him on, and uh, and surprising me sometimes with 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 other tracks where I like I would not imagine he would have picked that. Uh, and uh, it's yeah, it's just easy. The the work working with Woods is is for me. It's like very natural and easy, which is why doing you know on the aux it was he, he you could just plug and play him anywhere in that album. You know he's got three verses on it, mm. and it was just you know like I never had to worry about oh is Woods gonna get his verse done because I knew, you know he's gonna deliver every time. What's next for Blockhead? Well, I have a an album coming out in May. The first single just dropped. Uh, it's called Luminous Rubble, and it's uh it's kind of a side project in a sense. It's not like a like a, one of my typical albums where there's like, you know, seven minute songs that change constantly. It's more in the line with uh, this album I did called The Art of the Sample. Uh, it's a KPM Records base is a, you know, a, a music library. They basically just gave me their whole library and were like, make songs. And uh, so I made 10 songs and uh, they're kind of, they're sure they're more, uh, they're more sketches than, than drawn out songs, if it makes sense. Right. And, uh, but it was just cool to have that library is insane. I mean, the sample libraries, it's been used by everyone. Like I kept coming across stuff where I was like, oh, I can't use that. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, you know, like Danger Mouse used it, you know. <laughs> it, it, but, is that overwhelming going through that process? I know you're uh, an organized producer in the way that you maintain and keep your samples. Yeah, it was just, well, for me, it was like, uh, I, I do have my methods to things. So I, I basically like got on their website where they have all the samples and I just went through thousands of songs and like extracted the ones I thought I could maybe use for something. And then one, and it was, I mean, it, it was weeks of me doing that because there was so much music there. Um, and then when I had everything I arranged, I, I, I organized them in a folder. So I knew what, like what instrument was for what, like, Oh, is this a drum? Is this a horn? Is this the baseline? And then I went from there and just made beats as I normally would. Um, but it was a, yeah, I mean, it was definitely the, that, the the pure size of the of that library is is crazy and uh Thanks for mentioning. but but there's the you know the little OCD in me that was like I gotta hear it all <laughs> I gotta <laughs> gotta go through it all and I for the most part did I mean it was like hundreds and hundreds of albums <laughs> wow incredible and that's dropping on a UK label if I'm right another UK label yes. for you Def Press uh, they they've done this project with a with I think I think I'm the fifth album like this, uh, where they give artists carte blanche to their their entire their entire sound library, uh, yeah uh, it's, I think it's dropping May third, I think, but I got there's two more singles that are going to drop before the album even comes out, but the the first single Scumlord dropped uh, Friday.
I wish I could show my appreciation for this podcast. I wish I could respond to it somehow or be notified in the future when Fly Fidelity updates because it's so great. But I don't think there's a way I can do any of those things. Uh-oh. You're wrong. <laughs> Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud and never miss an episode. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. My people saw you with me where you were.